coaching through the screen can't be heard unless I'm yelling. So, Anyway, uh, today is Pastor Appreciation Day, and the month of October is also Pastor Appreciation Month. So I will uh, first say that we're going to put a box out in the front lobby, and I don't have that yet, but I will have it, so that you can drop a card of encouragement or a letter of encouragement to the pastors, and we'll give that to them at the end of the month and disperse those to each one. And I told them in the first service that that's not a suggestion box, it's a appreciation box. So just keep that in mind. So anyhow, we do want to honor our pastors today. And uh, our first one, obviously, is Brother Daniel. Come on up. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. I had a mic stand last time. All right. Let's see. Uh, David Dale is our minister of music. Uh, Chris Wright. Oh, hey, buddy. Appreciate you, man. Let's see. There he is. Zach Bauer is our minister of students. Thank you, Zach. And last and certainly not least, Miss Sherry Lyons is our director of children's. Say anything bad about you, Sherry? See, yet. Thank you very much, folks. I do want to offer a, a word of encouragement to all of our pastors. You know, they have a tremendous responsibility as the leaders of our flock. Okay, um, they also have a battle every day with the enemy. He's there to rob, steal, and destroy. So pray for them, lift them up. Uh, pray for their families as well as they support them in ministry. Uh, if you see them. You know, give them a pat on the back, a good word of encouragement, and just tell them you appreciate them being here. So, pastors, we thank you all for your service. Thank you. 
Thank you, Ray, and thank you, Broadway, for your appreciation. As a pastoral staff, I can say that we appreciate you appreciating us. So uh, that's, that's encouraging for us. Uh, we want to welcome you to Broadway 1109 this morning. We're glad you're with us. If you're new with us, uh, if maybe this is your first time here, you're a guest. We hope you got a bulletin on your way in. Uh, obviously, you can see all that's going on here at Broadway. If you want to know how to get more involved or if you want uh, to, to contact us uh, directly uh, or... For a way for us to get to know you a little bit, excuse me, I got tongue-tied there, um, the, we have a little connect card on the edge of that bulletin. Uh, we just ask that you rip that out, fill it out, rip it off, and you can drop it in the offering plate here in a moment, or if you missed that, that's okay. You can drop it at our Welcome Center as you exit this morning. That's our way of getting to know you a little bit uh, and how we can minister to you and your family. We are excited that you're here. We hope you're paying attention to the screens and your bulletins so that you can stay up to date with everything that's going on uh, here at Broadway. Uh, let's stand as we continue to worship together this morning. Who am I that the highest king would welcome me? I was lost, but he brought me in. Oh, his love for me. Oh, his love for me.
scriptures tell us that uh, through Jesus we've received the spirit of adoption and that God calls us his sons and his daughters. And so this morning we rest in the truth that our freedom is not found in our own merits, our own works, but our freedom is found in Christ Jesus and his sacrifice for us, his death, burial, and resurrection. So this morning as we continue to sing, I want to encourage you to celebrate that, that we would sing together. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. I am who you say I am. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am.
Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever say, Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe, we live for you. There is no one like you, there is none 
pray as our ushers come forward this morning. God, we thank you that you're a solid foundation. Lord, we thank you that we stand on firm ground when we build our lives on Christ. God, I'm reminded of the parable that Jesus told of the, the wise man who built his house upon the rock and the foolish man who built his house upon stand. Lord, maybe be wise and build our lives upon you. Lord, as we move into a time of giving, God, I, I pray that um, you would take our gifts, our tithes, and our offerings, that you would bless them to further your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated for a moment. Cast my mind to Calvary, where Jesus bled and died for me. I see his wounds, his hands, his feet, my Savior on that cursed tree. body bound and drenched in tears they laid him down in Joseph's tomb the entrance sealed by heavy stone Messiah still and all alone won't you stand and join us as we sing Oh, praise the name of the Lord our God. Oh, praise His name forevermore. For endless days we will sing Your praise. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord our God. At break of dawn, the Son of Heaven rose again. Oh, trample death, where is your sting? The angels roar for Christ the King. Blazing sun shall pierce the night, and I will rise among the saints, my gaze transfixed on Jesus' face. 
together. I would run away from home because of the physical abuse. I started living on the streets. It was difficult going back and forth to my parents' house and the streets. I would think they would change. They never changed. Living on the streets, I had to eat things out of garbage cans just to survive. I lived in the sewer. That's where I would sleep. I've had some police officers tell me that if they ever caught me, they would take me to the orphanage. And by the age of nine, that finally happened, and they did. I loved being in the orphanage. It was incredible because I did have a sense of belonging and family, but at the same time, it wasn't my own. In the orphanage, we never received any sorts of gifts. You know, there's a lot of us. There's like 400 or 500 kids in the orphanage. So we never had any kind of personal connection with anyone. The day I received an Operation Christmas Child gift, I saw all these green and red boxes and my heart was jumping with excitement. I was overwhelmed with joy. I never felt something like that before because I never got anything in my life that was so personal and dear to my heart. There were so many wonderful toys and gifts in that box. My favorite of them all was a yo-yo. And um, I started to learn what a yo-yo was. I would sometimes even get in trouble for playing with it at night while everyone was trying to sleep. I was a part of a organization called Emmanuel. They brought our orphanage choir to America. My adoptive parents hosted me. That's how I met them. They decided to give me a letter right before I was leaving and asked me to be their son. I was so lost to think, why me? Why was I the one picked out of all these kids? Why me? And if it wasn't for my adoptive parents listening to God's word and following in his footsteps and taking action, I wouldn't be here today. Before I received the shoebox, I never knew Jesus Christ. 
I never had a relationship with him. At the time, I didn't understand how much it really meant to me. But years after that, when I came to America and I packed shoeboxes myself for children just like me, I knew that with a simple act of kindness and a simple shoebox, a lot of hearts can be changed and brought to Jesus. Da. 
This is where it came from. God made Adam free. But the man only had one rule. He says, you can, you're here in this beautiful garden. You just cannot eat from this one tree. You eat from it and you die. So what we know from Adam and Eve in chapter 2 is Adam and Eve, they could live forever. At that point, there was no death. We also know that they were in a garden and God's presence was there with them. He was walking among them. And we also know that God had given them a free will. This is what sets us apart from the animal kingdom. Meaning, animals, they don't have the free will humans have. The thing that runs throughout the Bible, what we're about to see, is our purpose. God wants us to obey Him. Is that what's going to get tripped up in chapter 3? Now go back in your Bible, chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3. There's a couple of things, important points we're going to pull out. Look at this. It says here that, verse 1, there is a serpent. It describes the serpent as more cunning. I mean, this is a crafty animal here. And he approaches the woman. Now remember, Eve was not there with Adam when God said, Do not eat from that tree. At the middle of the garden, tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So God expected Adam to tell his wife Eve God's command. Now what's interesting about this, you go look at artwork over Christian, Christian centuries, and you think about when the, the, the serpent comes and tempts Eve, it always places him, the serpent right there next to the tree, or the serpent's in the tree, talking. What's interesting about this, the Bible doesn't say when the snake approached Eve that they were next to the tree. It never says that. Because look at verse 2. The snake comes up to Eve, and this is how sin starts. He said, did God really say? That is the first question in the Bible. This serpent, all sin begins by questioning God's word. And one of the things that had to happen here is Eve had to know God's word. If Eve didn't know what God said, how would she be able to speak truth to the serpent? This is how people fall. If you don't know your Bible, you aren't going to be able to overcome sin because all of a sudden, when someone like the serpent who's more cunning, he's crafty, his ulterior motives, he's a snake, he's going to bite you, comes and asks a question, Eve, did God really say? Any question that has the word really in it, it's, there's, a, there's a devious path it's going down. And one of the things, too, the devil always speaks with a small grain of truth. Meaning, God did say something, but it's not what Eve says. Because Eve misquoted the misquoted God to the serpent. Look back in your Bible here. Look down at verse 3. So she's quoting here. This is what Eve said. But about the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden, God said, you must not eat it or touch it. God 
find ourselves in this. Now, look at it. Keep going back in your Bible. Genesis chapter 3. What's interesting is Adam, and this is a, the partial truth that he said, the, the devil said in verse 4, don't miss this, no, you will not die. And you know what? Adam stood right there next to his wife and watched his wife eat that fruit. Did you know what happened? Did she fall down right there and die? Not right then, she didn't. So Adam's right thinking, well, my goodness, you're right. He's still alive. She ate, I, she was the guinea pig. She ate from the tree first, and she's, she's alive. So he took some of the fruit too, and they both ate. And they did not die right then. That's what the devil does, it's a partial truth. Yes, they're not going to die right then, but they will die later. This is when sin enters the world. Now, look at this. Verse 8, important Bibles. Look at your Bible. Genesis 3 8. Look at the screen. Who the man? So they've already sinned. The man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden at the time of the evening breeze. So apparently, Adam and Eve would regularly meet with God. But now their eyes have been opened because they've sinned. And they hid from the Lord. This is what you do when you're wrestling with addiction, when you're struggling with sin, you hide. If you're trying to hide something in your life, that means it's wrong. That means you're ashamed of it. That means there's a sense this isn't right. Adam and Eve know that at this point they have sinned against the Lord. They're hiding. So they've been hid in the trees. And verse 9, look at this here. This is the first, the very first question in the Bible was, did God really say? The devil asked that question. He's questioning God's word. The second question in the Bible comes from the Lord. This is God's first question he ever asked. And he actually, this, this question runs throughout the entire Bible. In fact, after this question is asked, the rest of the Bible is essentially answering this question. It's the redemptive story. So the Lord called out because God couldn't find them. They were hiding. Playing hide and seek. They were in a tree somewhere. And the Lord calls out. The people playing the game. Adam and said, Where are you? Where are you? Because all of a sudden, sin has entered their lives. And there now there's a separation between God and these two humans. At this point, that question, where are you? This is the question that God continues to ask today. Nothing's changed since Eden. God is still there, still in heaven, wanting to know where we are. When you are spiritually lost, when you do not know Jesus is your Savior, God's asking that question. Now, one of the things we need to know here is it talks about this serpent. You go back to verse 1. It describes this serpent as cunning. He comes along. He's just introduced. Comes out of nowhere. Now, the 
So they do have free will. Remember, what, what is free will? This is what allows us, every day, we choose whether or not to disobey or obey the Lord. That is what it means. God is asking, where are you? Meaning, are you obeying me? Are you following my teachings? When the devil comes to Eve and says, did God really say if Eve did not know what God said, she would not be able to obey. That's why reading your Bible and knowing the scriptures is so important. Look here, Jesus talked about this. Luke 10, 18. Jesus actually spoke about the fall of Satan. Jesus said to him, I don't want to say fall from heaven like lightning. That's one of the only glimpses in the scripture that we see Jesus talking about Satan's fall. He came, he was there at this time. He existed before Eve. And he watched Satan rebel against the Lord. And like lightning, he was sent down. Last verse we're going to see. Matthew 25, 41. Jesus told us why hell was created. Have you ever wondered why was hell created? Here's your answer. Jesus actually tells us. Then he say those to the left, depart from me, you who are cursed. Into eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. So I'm going to trace this while I just talked about it. Before Adam and Eve, there was a man named Lucifer who had these angels. They led an insurrection against the Lord because he was prideful. He wanted to be like God. God sent him down like light to hell. Then God created a place. <coughs> hell was actually created for angels, fallen angels. So Satan is sent down. He's down here on earth. He's there to eat. He's still here today. His job is to pull people away from the Lord. And what happened is, then Adam and Eve come along. Obviously, we know that the devil disguised himself as a serpent, pulled his Adam and Eve to sin. Now, all of a sudden, all humanity is going to die because they disobeyed God. And God asked that question where are you? So we know the remainder part of the story is Jesus came to die so we could be saved. You and I, you and I, if we die without Christ, if you are not saved, we will go to a place that was actually created for the devil and demons. That's what a fallen angel is. It's a demon. So when someone gets saved, when someone gives their life to Christ, they're stepping away from a life that is demonic, that's doomed, literally, to a life that's saying, I'm saved from what was actually created for the devil and demons. So all of this happened because God gave angels and he gave humans something called free will. This is what sets us apart. So what is free will? This is the ability that when we're told, do not eat from that tree in the middle of the garden. If you don't eat from it, you are obeying God. If you eat from it, you are disobeying God, and the punishment is, you die. You know, that's just, that's the whole gospel right there. That is the gospel story. Understanding where evil came from, it came from the devil, an insurrection 
trees. And he says, where are you? Something is different. You know, that's the question Christ asks us today. Where are you? That theme runs all through Scripture. When you give your life to Christ, when you say yes to Jesus, when you, when you receive what He did on the cross, you're saying, God, I was lost. I did not, I did not know you. I was spiritually dead. But you have saved me. Do you know what happened with uh, when Adam and Eve, you know, they made coverings for them, but their coverings weren't very good. God actually made the coverings. It comes along. You keep reading Genesis 3. He made the coverings for Adam and Eve. Then he drove them for Eve. Do you know what heaven actually is? It's a restoration of the garden of Eden. Because there was another tree there called the tree of life. And if you let it be from it, you would live. So tying all this together, what this has to do with sin, with addiction, understand if you are here this morning and you are struggling with some type of addiction, which is a sin, we have to remember that is because we are disobedient to God. God is calling you and I daily. We have to choose that we're going to obey Him. We have to choose, saying, I'm not getting from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. When you make a decision to choose to live for the Lord, that is what it means to live for Christ. You're living for God. God is saddened. He's saddened when He has to ask us, where are you? Where are you? First question ever asked, did God really say Second question real asked comes from God. Second question. First one's from the devil. Where are we? God is asking that question to you. Christ calls you and I to be obedient to him. If you're wrestling with addiction or any type of sin, Christ is commanding. He's telling you. He's saying, you're actually, when you do that, you're actually aligning yourself with the devil. Every time we choose to lie, we choose to add God's word, we choose to disobey God. We are putting ourselves in the same category as Satan, who is a fallen angel. And that we saw from these scriptures, who's actually doomed to hell for eternity. Christ is calling us probably out of that. He's calling us to be obedient to him. The best thing you can ever do is you daily you wake up and say, I'm here and I'm going to live. For the Lord. Other people might not do it, but I am. God, I pray for the folks this morning. I pray as we ask the question, as you ask us, where are you? Lord, I pray that we know, we can boldly say, I am in Christ, in Christ alone. God, I pray this morning, if there's anybody here that has never affirmatively answered yes to you, Lord, I pray this is the day of salvation. Lord, the entire Bible is just going along, answering, where are you? God, you're asking the folks here this morning to respond to you. Lord, I pray there is this invitation that we will quit hiding in the trees. We won't be like Adam and Eve. We'll boldly come forward and I need the Lord. If that is you, I'm waiting out front for you to respond to me.
Amen. We close every single service here with an invitation to respond to the Lord. Let's stand together. Fans are leading some song. You can say yes to Jesus. How great the chasm that lay between us. How high the mountain I could not climb. In desperation, I turned to heaven and spoke your name into the night. And through the darkness, your loving kindness tore through the shadows of my soul. The work is finished, the end is written. Jesus Christ, my Who could imagine so great a mercy? What heart could fathom such boundless grace? The God of ages stepped down from glory to wear my sin and bear my shame. The cross has spoken, I am forgiven, the King of kings calls me his own. Beautiful Savior, I'm yours forever, Jesus Christ, my living hope. its grip on me you have broken every chain there's salvation in your name jesus christ my living hope hallelujah praise the one who set me free hallelujah death has lost its grip on me Broken every chain, there's salvation in your name, Jesus Christ, my living hope. Then came the morning that sealed the promise, your buried body began to breathe. Out of the silence, the roaring lion declared the grave has no claim on me. Then came the morning that sealed the promise. Your buried body began to breathe. 
Out of the silence, the roaring lion declared the grave has no claim on me. Jesus, yours is the victory. broken every chain there's salvation in your name jesus christ my living hope hallelujah praise the one who set me free hallelujah death has lost its grip on me you have broken every chain there's salvation in your name, Jesus Christ, my living hope. Jesus Christ, my living hope. Jesus Christ, my living hope. Hallelujah. Praise the one who set me free. Hallelujah. Death has lost its grip on me. You have broken every chain. There's salvation in your name. Jesus Christ, my living hope. Amen. We are glad that you were with us this morning. We want to thank you for being here. Uh, we're honored that you would spend some time out of your week with us. We hope that you know that the time of a response uh, doesn't end here, uh, but the Spirit can work in our lives at any time that He chooses to. And so uh, we want you to know that we are certainly available anytime you would like to talk about what it means to follow Jesus uh, or, or to further your walk with Him. We would love to help you take those next steps here at Broadway. Let's pray, and then we are going to be dismissed this morning. Gracious Father, we thank you for what you have done in and amongst us over these past weeks. And uh, we, we thank you for what you are continuing to do, Lord. God, we thank you for our time this morning, uh, for, for the way that you have moved among us and spoken to us. God, we pray that uh, you would continue to do so as we part our separate ways. God, we love you. We thank you for Jesus. It's in his powerful name that we pray. Amen. You all are dismissed. Have a good afternoon.